صارت اوكي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله everybody today i have a special guest um he's very dear to me and i respect him a lot his name is captain um he's from the yemeni community in new york he's very successful in community service and habitation and everything you name it welcome to the show uh, captain how are you today good good thank you for having me thank you how is everything good good just uh, staying busy yeah no I, <laughs> I know i know the community is reeling from all these tragedies that's been going on now we have and i know you was busy organizing organizing the funeral with the for the person who was killed i think right yeah that's correct okay uh first i i, I want to ask you first will you give give me a window of who is captain ihabid as a human being or as an individual Uh, well, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself, I guess. Uh, you know, I came to uh, America at the age of eight. Um, I uh, spent the first 10 years of uh, being in America in Yonkers, New York. And, um, you know, went to school in Yonkers, went to school in New York City, went to college in Queens, um, uh, graduated from college uh, and, you know, I went into the field of aviation and then I moved to the Bronx about six years ago. And then I got really into community service and that's where everybody knows me from the community service aspect. They don't know me about the aviation uh, portion. Nice. So uh, my love for the community yeah. um, got me into community service and I love doing the work that I do. Great. What year, what year was it that you came in as an, uh, as an immigrant to the United States? 1991 uh, in September I made 30 years in America. Wow, great. Okay, as a child immigrant, what was your reaction to this new country when you came in? This different new country from where you came from? Extremely bad experience. Uh, okay. How could you elaborate? <laughs> you know what? Even though it's a bad experience, nothing can be worse than uh, Yemen. Right. You know, in Yemen we were going through a civil war. Right. And uh, I didn't go to school for weeks at a time. Right. Uh, I didn't see, we didn't see sunlight for days yeah. at a time because we had sandbags right. on our windows. So that traumatizing experience when you come to America, and we also feared coming to America. They're like, oh, my God, America, you know, it's just America. It's something different. And for an eight-year-old, you're confused. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. But but things changed um, for the for the better. Um, it, but it, it took a while. And I say it was a bad experience because just a few days after my arrival in America, my father yeah. was shot in his store. Oh, man. Sorry to hear that. Okay. And he was wounded. He got three bullets. One yeah. hit his hand and the other two hit him in the in the abdomen area. Oh. And my cousin was also with him in the store, and he was shot eight times. Eight bullets wow. hit him in the back. Wow. They both survived. Yeah. They were in the hospital for a month. So when you come to America, you're like, oh, my God, you know, uh, my dad has lived here for, you know, since, you know, 1970, the early 70s, 1971, 1972. Here right. I am. I follow in his footsteps 20 years later. First right. thing I, I, I do is I don't see him for a month. Right, right. You see, I, my I, dad? He's in the hospital. What is he doing in the hospital? You know, try to explain to an eight-year-old kid that his dad just got shot. So it's very traumatizing experience. You come right. from a civil war into yeah. a war zone because we were in Harlem in yeah, the oh, 80s. Yeah. You know Harlem, the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough place. 
the death toll was 2,000 a year in 1989, 88, when uh, David Dinkin, I think, was still mayor. You see, we have the same experience, me and you. I came here, I was nine years old. You know, they had to, my father had to convince me to get on an escalator. I don't know what an escalator is at the airport. They had, you know, they had to, for, they're like, you got to, I said, no, no, I'm going to walk. What is this? Uh, your, anyway, your, voice is, your voice is coming in a little staticky. Uh, it's okay. coming in. You sound like, yeah, there you go. It's good? No, it's still a little uh, staticky, a little bit. Okay, let me see. How about now? Hello? Hello? I have it good over here. It's okay. Unless it's too high. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. It wasn't as clear as before. and It's uh, it's, it's very uh, staticky. What happened? Could I have? Oh, there you go. There you go. That was great. Good. Yeah, good? So perfect. Yep. Okay. I don't know what you did, but it fixed it. Uh, I don't know. I just wonder. So we came from the same situation, but uh, um, as a child, you know, you, you came to the United States, you, you see in this different world. I mean, it's, it's a... It's like going to a different planet and the buildings and the scenery and how people act and how they react. How did you function in school? Did you uh, uh, struggle in the school system as an English second language? Or were you, were you intimidated by the in school? Did you struggle? Because I struggled a lot in school. How, how did you do? Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, <laughs> my, my dad, my dad, the first day of school, um, he dropped us off really, really early. Right. And um, I was wearing a, a similar uh, blazer like this. Right. And he, he dropped us off at the gym because right. there was no one there. So it was three of us, my right. older brother and my sister. He drops us off at the gym and he leaves. Right. <laughs> you know, he's already registered. We're, we're already registered. But, you know, right. instead of doing like a handoff, drop us off at the main office or something, we were dropped off at the gym. Right. So kids started coming into the gym. The gym started filling up. And here you have three kids that don't speak a word of English. And I remember it. Right. And uh, people started coming up to me and asking me questions. Right. And my dad had left us, uh, you know, a small card that he had. He said, keep this in, in your pocket. Anyone, right. you know, just show them the card. And what the card basically said was, you know, my name, address, and his phone number. Right. And, uh, and that, you know, people kept approaching us, and we just show them that, put it back in my pocket, show them again, put it back in my pocket. It, they finally figured out that we were new, so got we it. finally got assigned to a classroom. So that was very, uh, that was you know, very very hard. And then right. finally, in the classroom, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I didn't even start because we went into school like in October, so it was a, a probably like six weeks after the school start had started. Right. And then uh, on the third day of class, I remember this. They said, the teacher said, hi. So I said, hi. <laughs> and then everybody started clapping. Everybody, it was like a party in the classroom because I just said, hi. Uh, it's probably the first thing they ever heard out of me because I didn't speak for the few, first few yeah. days. So I was like, I was like, oh, awesome. You know, you feel good. You feel like, you know, that something had happened. And um, so the next day they came in and I said, and I said, hi. I was expecting the same celebration, and it wasn't it. And I'm like, oh, well, what happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it started off, and I remember in sixth grade, I was reading from a book. Yeah. This is three, three years after arriving in America. Yeah. And I was reading from a book, and we got to this point, and I started going with the, you know, singing with the, with the, with the, with the lullaby thing was saying in the book. Right. And the teacher was so impressed right, right. Um, from my improvement in my reading and the way I read it, that, that, that like 
completely changed. And I was student of the year in my English class. Yeah, wow. In sixth grade. It wasn't even, even an ESL class. It was a regular English classroom. Uh, uh. So uh, it was great. Uh, that was great. And, you know, the, those small things that you remember in life, right. positive and negative, right. they, they stay with you forever. Here yes, I am, yeah. 38 years old, telling yeah. you about something that happened 30 years ago. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. You know, we have the same experience. I did have the same card you did. Number one was uh, uh, a bathroom. Number two, uh, I'm hungry, whatever. Or number three is call my house. The same thing you went through, I went through. It's like the same thing. The only thing is that um, I don't know how, how you – I was bullied as a child and uh, because I came – before there was a lot of Yemenis in school, you know, early, like in 1979. So in 1980 – I didn't know I didn't know what I was. I don't know how how do I fit into this uh, new country, this new ecosystem. So I don't know what children are in the school cafeteria. I didn't know who I belonged to, what group, you know, as a person, because I was like an alien there, and I was bullied a lot. I'm going to be honest with you, especially in public school. But after junior high school, I started, you know, making friends because uh, I think you went to school where in Yonkers, uh, over there, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we both have the same experiences. But you got rid of your accent. I can't. Uh, I don't know why I can't get rid of mine. I still have that, you know, the Arabic thing. Anyway, as as you grew up, I wanted to say, how did the captain has said, hmm, I like evitation. I want to be an, a pilot. I want to be, a, a, at that time, especially, it was after 9-11, uh, I think, right? Uh, and, and it was very sensitive to work with Muslims and evitation, whatever. You know, we were going through a process that was very scary at that time. So how did you come to the conclusion? Did you uh, decide early, I want to be a pilot, I want to work in, uh, in the airplane industry, or just came on later in your life? You know, as a kid, I was very energetic. Yeah. And I remember one time, and this, again, like I said, the small things stay with you. Uh, my dad has sent me to, uh, we were in a village and he sent me to get a blanket for uh, an older gentleman in the, in the, in the village. And I ran, I came back super quick. He's like, look how quick he is. He's going to, uh, the Arabic word for pilot is and he's quick. Uh, and, and you know, those, these small things stick with you. Yeah. So, um, after I graduated from high school, I started thinking about aviation I, it's always been on, on my mind yeah, but yeah. Uh, i decided to go into that field and yeah. like you said at a very sensitive time very sensitive. i mean yeah people were going the other way yeah yeah six months yeah. after 9 11 do you think yeah. anyone, any arabs or any muslims were going into aviation no no yeah. it was it was a people yeah. going the other way I, listen, I went yeah. the other way. I went. You know what? You aim high. You follow your dreams. You don't right. let anyone stop you. Yeah. Uh, dozens of FBI interviews didn't stop me. Uh, uh, like you said, being bullied, racism, cold yes. names, yeah. everything didn't stop me. Yeah. Nothing can stop me because um, I have something in sight. I'm going to follow. Yeah. That, that's good. I mean. Um... And the beautiful thing is uh, the United States uh, offer, offers you these opportunities no matter what. And, and if you strive, I think, for your dreams, there is a ladder to get there uh, in the United States. That's why we appreciate our adopted country and, and what have you given us. Example of me, is my voice okay? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because uh, for me, I've always been a sick individual, like sick child. I always had issues. 
Uh, and I used to get really see if I was in the United States, I'll be there. Yeah, I, I can. I, I'm so indebted to this country. I cannot explain it in words. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So you you achieved a lot. You went to college. You was a, a, a professor for like eight years. You work on these things. These are new things. These are new. That's a new terrain for 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 a Yemeni person, especially you know our community is not as open to education or to further education for children. That was then. If you grew up in Libya, you're 15, you go right to the store counter, and that's about it. So uh, did you feel good? I mean, uh, as you assume. You know what? That's, that's what I did. You yeah. know, 12 years old, I was working in my dad's store on the weekends, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Throughout my teens, into my early 20s, I was working in my in my father's store, you know, the grocery store. It's the store. So oh, I worked nice. there for 10 years before starting my federal career at the age of 21. And even when I, while I was working for the government, you know, I kind of helped my, my dad out. I, I never gave up um, uh, up until a couple of years ago. I'm right. still helping them in the store. So the right. stores, you know, they built us. They built yeah. the foundation for us to be here. Like you said, we're blessed to be here. Yeah. And, you know, while, you know, this country has done a lot for you, yeah. you know, for your health. Yes. Um, Imagine if I was a healthy kid in Yemen, I probably wouldn't be alive. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the war, with with the with the amount of problems that we have in Yemen. Yeah. Um, so who knows? I I could be in a similar situation as you. So this country, uh, not just you know when they say the American dream, right? They don't know that just being in America alone right. makes us feel safe. Right. You know, reaching for the American dream is for the folks that are here. You know, they say it's the American dream because you can become whatever you want. The majority of people, they just want to be here. They just want to feel safe. They just want to have food to eat. You know, they don't aim for other things. Um, I'm blessed to have a family that said, go to school. We don't want anything from you. Just go to school. Even if you come out with a with a degree in uh, you know to become a janitor, right, so right, right. just get a degree. We don't care. Get a degree. Come back and work in the store. Right, as long right. as you get a degree, right? And you know when, when you go to school, you, you're not going to stop. You're going to keep going. There's no there's no stopping. And that's right, that's what one thing leads to the other because you get your foot in the door right. and you don't give up no matter what challenges you get. You, you you know you you many obstacles. Look how many obstacles you encountered right. here in America. Right, right, right. You know what I mean. From bullying to your health, right. so we're gonna get the obstacles. It's just you gotta overcome them, and you can't quit. Right. right. So uh, right now you work for the FAA, right? Uh, Kennedy Airport, I think. Right. That's the largest airport in the United States, is it? Right. No, uh, it's not the largest. It's the it's considered the gateway to America. Right. I think so, we're the busiest, basically, international airport. We welcome yeah. more international travelers than any other airport in the United States. But the busiest, of course, is uh, Atlanta and Chicago. They're yeah. basically, they switch places number one and two. They've been doing that for a while. Kennedy, yeah. believe it, on the list is on the list is probably like number 13. Right, 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 so you still right. have a lot busier airports, including LAX, Charlotte, Denver, Salt Lake wow. City, yeah, Dallas. These yeah. airports, these airports are were built to handle traffic. You know, right. Kennedy was built back in the day. All these old airports are built near the water for fuel. Right. Right. 
So the ships yeah. bring the fuel. These new airports, because now they get they have pipes that run to in the middle of the of the country, in the middle of the states, right. they get to build on bigger real estate. Right, 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 right. So uh, how did you make the 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 how did you start uh, um captain? The most I admire about you is more is that your uh, activism and your activity in your community. How, how did you start? I mean, did you have a calling or just you saw a lot of wrong that you wanted to start something to help the community? Um, it started with, you know, the Bronx Muslim Center. Right. And I saw, um, I moved to the Bronx and I noticed that there was division there. Like the Arabs stayed to themselves, the, the right. Muslims stayed to themselves. Uh, the Italians to the east state to uh, themselves uh, and the Hispanics to the to the west state to uh, themselves. And we were kind of divided. Uh, I said, all right, there's got to be a way to um, put these communities together. Right. So I started doing the outreach for the Bronx Muslim Center. Uh, and it started with uh, me meeting um, a gentleman named Al D'Angelo who was uh, the vice chair of Community Board 11, was also the, the part of the Morris Park Community Association, which is now a 48-year-old uh, community organization here that was run by you know Italians for decades. And he said, listen, all we know about you and your community is what we see on Fox News. Right. Can you or someone from your community come and talk to us? Right. right. And... I found a perfect candidate. There was a, uh, a an Italian American Muslim woman that was married to a Yemeni guy, uh, and I said, "Hey, listen, can you come and talk at the association?" So she came. Uh, you know, she's there. Looks uh, like them. She has green eyes. Speaks uh, like them. Speaks Italian. Speaks English. They loved her. She's she had the head cover on. Yeah, yeah. And she made them feel like wow you're really like us there's yeah, yeah. not a big difference and that's true that's what it is you know we're all together it's it's uh, you fear what you don't know and that's what my friend al d'angelo says you fear what you don't know and we yeah. don't know so we feared you feared you so that's how i start i started getting involved so i started getting involved in the community board i became a community board member right. which is the lowest form basically of city government Oh, yeah. You have the mayor's office, you have the city council, and you have the community boards. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to the other organizations. Right now, I'm the second vice president of the Morris Park Association. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty involved in a couple of other boards. If I start mentioning them, we'll be on here for two hours. But <laughs> uh, one thing comes after the other. And while I'm busy, like super busy, yeah. I just heard this quote like a couple of weeks ago. And I've been yeah. using it like crazy. Yeah. Um, and the guy told me, if you if you need something to get done, find the busiest person to do it. Right. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, that's true. That, yeah. that person that has nothing to do yeah. is probably lazy. And if you give yeah. him something to do, he probably won't do it. Yeah. The person that's busy is probably busy for a reason. And you know he'll get it done. Right. So... I just stay busy, you know, yeah. and, and you got to do family time. You got to do community time. You got to do work time. Everything has its, it has its limit. 
So when I'm with family and we go out, that's it. I'm with family. You know, nothing's going to interrupt that. And when I'm with the community, the only thing that can interrupt it is family. When I'm at work, the only thing that can interrupt it is family again. Right, so right. when I'm at work, it's it's work. I'm on a mission. Right. I have a mission to carry out. And I go every day to carry out that mission. Right. And when I'm in, uh, in the community, I'm on a mission. Right. And uh, nothing can stop me. And I'm very, very dedicated to the community. And I, and I, uh, and I work hard. And, and when you work hard for something that you believe in, yeah, you don't feel the, the, the pain. You don't feel that you're tired. You just right. keep going. You know, it's, it's something, it's something special that only, I think a certain amount of people are lucky enough to feel it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to tell you, I have a history with Morris Park. I worked in Morris Park at 839 Morris Park Avenue in a grocery store in 1990. Wow. Uh, there's a long time. It was more Italian uh, than it is, I think, now. It was not. But uh, we had a landlord, Lily and her husband, Danny, they're all Italian. They're so generous. They love to feed you. Uh, and every day she would come to the store. She, she, they love to, uh, to cook food, the Italians. Uh, and as soon as I eat, she'll make sure I feed. You got to eat. You gotta eat, Omar. You gotta eat. You gotta, and I will eat. It's like she's eating herself. God, may she rest in peace. So uh, uh, I understand that the community I was there in 1990. I think until up to 1992. I don't know what that place still exists or not. But I do have experience with, with the Italians. The Italians are very generous people. and They're very touchy and huggy and everything. And I just want to give you an idea. She used to come like during the holidays. She'll come and close the store by force. She said, No, no, no. You're gonna have dinner with us. And she'll take us uh, to her house. They, they have these big Christmas dinners, and we were there, the, the Yemenis. She, she made sure we ate uh, non-pork, non, you know, no pork food. But I just wanted to give you a high experience. But when, when I see Morris Park now, it's a totally different area. There was not a lot of Yemenis. There was nothing. Mostly the Italians were in that area. And the Hispanic were down from 180 downward, I think. It was 180 Street, I think it is, right? So yep. I, had, yeah, I had experience with that area, and I worked there. I mean, it was, that's before wow. you came before you came to the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I wanted to get back, as you know, the Yemeni community or the Yemen, it's like islands because uh, they work in stores. They, they don't settle in one area. If you have a store, you put your family on top of the store. So it must have been hard to get this community from an island to become one one body, you understand? Uh, and I appreciate the most is when you had the Yemeni parade, the Yemen, I think it was three years ago in the Bronx. Yeah. And a lot. So uh, was it hard to, to convince the Yemeni that uh, organize, uh, when you organize, it's good for you, you get good out of it, you improve your, your, your neighborhood? There's, there's something in return if you organize as one people. Was it hard to organize these different uh, uh, tribes uh, all over the, the, the place? It is. And, you know, after... Before it's done, let's say two days before the parade, right? I tell myself this is the last time I'm ever organizing anything like this, you know. And uh, and then when the event happens, it feels so good to see people celebrating and people yeah. having a good time. And if you tell our community is one of the most beautiful communities. Yes. When you tell them, dress up nice, right. come out, let's celebrate together. We have a right. special day. Right. They will not let you down. And uh, that celebration was not for me. Yes. It was for the community. That's why you didn't see me talk on the mic that no. day. Honestly, no. Um, I don't I don't like mics. I don't right. like 
I don't like speaking. I don't, I, I, I actually really hate it a lot. Right. Um, a lot of the times I do it because there's no one else to do it. Uh, sometimes I do it. Uh, today I made a video, um, I, uh, but it was, it was out of frustration. You know, yeah. I'm really frustrated with uh, the current events and everything yeah. that's going on. But, uh, but yeah, um, that's about it. I want to ask you something. You know, uh, they have a saying here in the United States that all politics is local. So these places are important. Community boards are important. School boards are important. Do you see a future for Captain here as a state office, city office, senator, councilman? Uh, I'm happy. You... I'm happy with what I have now because yeah. I mean, the know, future. right now, right now, I represent my community. Um, right. Without being a politician, right. and when you're a politician, right. um, you know, politician is a bad word. You know, right. I feel like a lot of them uh, mislead us. A lot of them lie to us. A lot right. of them make empty promises. Right. Uh, there's only a handful of politicians that have um, that have kept their words and right. that do it from the heart. And you know what? Now these days, but they all go in with good intentions. There's no politician that says, I'm going to go into office and I'm going to be corrupt. No, they all go in and they're like, I'm going to fix something. Yeah. Then they get corrupted. But for me, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I had one elected official tell me, yeah, he said, if you really hate someone, yeah, don't wish them death. Don't wish them ill. Don't wish anything to happen to their family. Yeah. He said, help them get elected into office. Uh, you will ruin their life. You will ruin their family. You will you will kill every single bit of happiness they have. Yeah. And it's true because once you're you're into politics, you know, your phone has to stay on 24-7. There's no more such thing as family time. It's yeah. you know, it's everything you say is held against you. Um, right. right now, I like to speak freely because yeah. I work for the people, right. and whatever I say, I mean it because it comes from my heart. Right. Once you're political, then you you can't say what your heart wants you to say. Right. right. You have to say what the people want you to say. So right. you, you you don't become yourself anymore. You right. you are yourself when you speak from the heart. Right. right, right. But when you come out speaking with the expectation that you want people to hear you say these things right. that is that is what changes everything and that changes uh how people feel about you um and also i'm gonna give you my last part of that answer yeah and you won't like it because i know uh you and i disagree politically yeah, <laughs> I those questions are coming. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna tell you what. Uh, you know, when they asked Donald Trump, "Yeah, will you run for office?" Right. He said, "No, yeah. but the, the country really needs me to. I'll do it." Right, right, right. So right now it's a no. Right, but right. if my community really needs me to, I'll think about it. But uh, what, what is your politics then? Then you, you know you open the door. Uh, All right. what, this is this is my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> we should have started, started with this. 
I want to give you, uh, I want to bring you, you know, a little about the timeline, but I want to know what's your politics. What is uh, the captain's politics? I mean, so I'm, a, I'm a registered Democrat. Right. Uh, I, I am. I am a moderate. Right, right, right. And I lean in the direction which I believe is right. Right. Uh, usually, uh, There's no perfect politician. Right, right. There's no perfect party. Right, right. So if when when Donald Trump yeah. w- was running for office, yeah, you can go back and check my Facebook page from 2015. You'll see how many times I bashed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can check my Facebook for, page from 2016, 2017, yeah, yeah. his first uh, couple of years in office. Yeah, yeah. I was bashing him like crazy. I didn't yeah. care. You know. So, and at that time, he was my boss. You know, I'm yeah. in the executive branch of the federal government, and uh, I didn't care. Uh, uh, because what he was saying was very racist, and it, and it impacted my community. Right. So, that's my politics. I'm really a, a moderate, and um, if I believe in something, a uh, party won't stop me from, I'll, I'll cross either party. Well, my politics is a bit progressive, like I'm really toward the left more and things like that. But uh, as you see what's going on in the United States right now, the, these political parties are no longer serving the people no more. They, they have this infighting. They're losing their legitimacy in the eyes of the public. What they do in Washington is just they investigate each other. They're not delivering anything for the poor people, like real stuff, tangible stuff. Correct. It's, yeah, for example, what's going on in the Midwest? The Midwest, uh, where the where the, the Donald Trump supporters are, the Rust Belt, they call it. They had the NAFTA. They had all these global uh, treaties, and these they took all the factories from these uh, uh, towns. The proud people are making thirty dollars an hour, and they were left with no more jobs. Now you have these people; they have nothing to lose. The United States. That's why we so. Uh, uh, that's why we're so divided. Do you agree? Do you do you agree with me that the political parties, both Democrats, have, have become more corrupt and more? Uh, they are not serving anybody no more. It's like they 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 live in this bubble, and they should fight each other in Washington. Do you agree with that? Yeah, correct. No, I agree. Look at it this way. Yeah. Um, I voted for AOC and I voted for Trump. Right. Right. On the same ballot. Right. Right. That tells you that. The passion they both have right. for their country, right. what it meant to me in right. order to vote for them. Yeah. Um, I believe that anyone who's been in politics for more than 20 years is right. corrupt. Right, right. Any doesn't matter if you start in the city council for 10 years, then you go to the state for five years, then you go to Congress for five years. After 20 years, I'm not voting for you. You will not get my vote. You know, with Biden being in in office for 47 years and then running for president, are you kidding me? Like, enough is enough. We already come from the Middle East where everybody's in in their 40th year of uh, being in office. Retire already. Yeah. You know, AOC still fresh. She's speaking fresh. She's speaking from right. the heart. Right. Uh, Trump speaks straight out, no filter. Yeah. You gotta yeah. learn. Speaks like the people. You gotta yeah. respect them for that. 
You yeah, know, he's yeah. not speaking like Obama, where he's like, okay, here we go. And you know, I'm going to say everything perfectly because this is what you want to hear. And and this and that. And this is the Democratic Party wants to hear this. And I'm going to say it because everybody wants. He doesn't give it. You yeah, know, yeah. he's just going to speak his mind. So so th- that's how I feel. I feel like I'd speak my mind. And if you don't like it, you know, yeah. I don't care. Really, yeah, yeah. because um, I-, I got attacked. Yeah for saying that the majority of Yemenis vote for voted for uh, Trump uh, or love Trump. Sorry. Majority of Yemenis love Trump. So while the, the New York post, I yeah, said, yeah they, they twisted it around because I was talking about AOC yeah, and then I started talking about Trump, but they lumped it all together. Right. And it's fine because at the end of the day, a lot more people reached out to me and said, we can't, we like Trump. Uh, and right now, more people I run into, about 60% of people I run to, yeah, like Trump. Right. So it's not a lie. Right, right. It was taken uh, out of context, but you know how the media is. Not only that, I think we got a lot of uh, pushback, even from the, the community on Facebook. I saw where they were, when you know, it was on Facebook, they were sharing it and all that. But since I, I see you writing, I respect your mind. You know, I, I was raised here. If I disagree with you politically, it's okay. That's healthy. It, it, it doesn't mean that we hate each other. That means we disagree uh, and we can work against the things we want and may the best man win. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people see it all. Uh, the captain is saying a good thing with Donald Trump. Donald Trump's issue was if he only moved a little bit toward the center, he will never, he will be reelected. He he was moving down there, but the problem with Donald Trump was he kept his base. You know, he kept on feeding them the red meat, red meat, all these uh, headlines, and 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 he was self-inflicted. He used to he used to wound himself. You know, he used to get himself in trouble with things that that he should not have said, and he'll say things, and he kept on feeding that base. You know, if he had just moved a little bit toward the center, because a lot of people are conservative, the Yemeni. uh, 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 That's why we saw Republicans. You know, when I debate them on YouTube, I said uh, the Muslim community as a whole is conservative. They're pro, uh, they're pro-life. Uh, they, they want, uh, they're against uh, uh, the culture wars. They want conservative. They want a good education. But there, you guys are not, there's no hand out to reach and make them an, ally, an allies. You, you understand? And the problem with Trump, when he did that Muslim ban, and it was an artificial ban because he really, he didn't, I don't know, more people came in. I didn't see anything. Things were going as well. Maybe it hurt a little bit with the lottery people or visiting. But that's the issue I have with Trump. Trump, you know, usually when American presidents win, they move, they get to the Oval Office, they, they say, we are the president of all the all the American people. So you try to bring in more converts. It's like a religion. You know, when you when you have a, you try to bring people to your religion, but Trump was pushing a lot of people away with his uh, language, with his bluntness and everything. Yeah, but don't you respect him for that, for staying true to himself? I always said that. I said, this yeah. guy, this guy has no filter. He just says, oh, oh that's what I yeah. <laughs> Biden uh, said. Biden said he was going to end the war in Yemen. Yeah. Here we are a year later. Has the war in Yemen ended? Yeah, I, I don't have no. He said a lot of things. He said he's going to punish uh, MBS for the killing of that uh, so journalist. He didn't do it. They're all full of it. You know, yeah. when you get a president like Trump, he's not yeah. he's not going to, you know, give you uh, BS. He's just going to yeah. tell you how it is. Um, yeah. I got voted in by my base. And guess what? 
into his fourth year, they did a survey, and ninety-eight percent of the people that vote voted for him were still going to vote for him again. So nothing was going to change. He still had his base, you know. Um, he, he he won me over. Yeah. So not not, not only and that, I had my reasons. We didn't get into it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Take your time. So people say, okay, why did you switch? You know, I voted for Hillary in twenty sixteen. Same here. Why did you vote for Trump in twenty twenty twenty? Or 2019. Uh, yeah. 2020, sorry. So yeah. I'll say, you know, his stance against China yeah. was huge. You know what China was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're thieves. They're, you know, they are like destroying us. They're destroying our economy. Yeah. And then when you look at uh, Iran, right. what they're doing in the Middle East. Right. And you look at this politician who's really carrying out his job like 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 he's living his normal life, you know? Like he didn't change anything with his life. And I respect that. And what really, really, really got me was the impeachment process. Yeah. You know, like you said earlier, everybody's accusing everybody of something. So they spent months in an impeachment process. You know, January 5th, he puts a ban on China, flights from China. Uh, Where were the Democrats? How come they weren't talking about COVID? Yeah. It's it's January 5th, 2020. COVID-19 is all over the U.S. He puts in a ban. And they're worried about getting him impeached. This goes into February. Uh, And he goes out there and he's holding press conferences and talking about COVID. You mean mean 2019? 2020. uh, Because he was not around after February 2020. Yes, correct. So, uh, no, no. No, it was 2020. Oh, okay. 2020, because he he was just, he left January 2021 earlier this year. Yeah, okay, okay. So, So he's talking... January and February, talking about COVID, while the Democrats are fighting to impeach him. Right. How come they weren't watching out for us and watching out for the rest of the country? Right. You know, I used to be a big CNN fan. As soon right. as I sit in my in my living room, my son goes up, turns on the TV, switches to CNN every right. day, every Damn. morning or night or whatever time of the day. As soon as I sit, he's going for the remote and he's turning on CNN for me. Right. I got sick of the impeachment process. COVID was killing hundreds and even into the thousands while the Democrats were worried about the impeachment process. And then COVID started and now the Democrats finally wake up and they're like, let's shut everything down. Let's shut everything down. Shut down the schools, shut down the restaurants, shut down everything, shut down life. Don't breathe anymore. Say goodbye to your family tonight because you will not survive tomorrow. Uh, COVID is going to kill you. It's so dangerous that uh, we're all going to die. So say goodbye to everybody that you can. You're going to get even COVID from talking to somebody on the phone. They they made it so drastic. And would go on TV and said, relax, everybody. Let's take it easy. We're taking proper steps. Instead of them working with him early in the game to work together to fight the virus, they were fighting him while he was fighting the virus. Yeah. So we got to remember that part. 
So that's why I, I, I was against the shut and shut down everything. Let's shut yeah. down everything. Yeah, yeah. I was against it. Uh, and for me, work-wise, I was off for 10 days. And yeah. I, I would work five days and go off for 10 days. That's uh, like the best schedule. And it was paid uh, in COVID. So for, for anyone, that'd be like, great. I hope COVID lasts for 30 years. You know, uh, I'm getting paid while not going to work. But that wasn't me. Yeah. I wanted things to open up. I wanted to go back to normal. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's why I started voicing um my support for him. Yeah. After his stance against China, Iran, the love and the passion that he has for this great country. Yeah. I know he's he's racist and he says racist stuff, but uh you know, he was against the shutdowns and I started watching Fox News. Yeah. Right now, um, I have not watched CNN for that. Yeah, it's been a long I, time since I watched. I, it. I don't watch all of them. Me. Yeah, uh, I cut them all off. I, I want to ask you one more thing. You know what, what? The problem, the issue with Donald Trump was he didn't have a messaging. He had a messaging problem. Uh, you see, he started talking about the, that the COVID nineteen started in Wuhan, right? Just before everybody. But instead of saying that and educate, he said, "Kung Fu." Kung Fu, he goes on those speeches, and people see that as a silliness. You understand? Yeah. If he went on TV and said it turned out to be true, he was, t- you know, it came out from a, a lot of people suspect it came out of the laboratory in uh, in Wuhan, whatever it is. But when he was saying, they were like, "Oh, look at that racist boy! Look at look at him!" Huh? You, you know, because he had uh, even with the COVID nineteen, his problem is he didn't have a good messaging process. Only to his only to his cheap, his base, you know. He, He'll make this crazy uh, quote. CNN will go nuts, and it will reach his base because they were they were they were working for him. They didn't even know indirectly they were helping. <laughs> CNN yeah. got him. CNN yeah. got him into office. Yeah, it, they it they lost. They lost. They thought they would uh, they would yeah. highlight him so much yeah. that he would lose, and they did the complete opposite. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know what? But he knew something that we didn't know, and that's yeah. why he called it the China virus. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't his intention to bash the Chinese Americans or the Chinese people, but he called it the China virus because he knows what he was, the actions he was taking was to make a correction against what China was doing to our economy. Yeah, I'll ask you a question about China. Go ahead. And maybe it was retaliation. Yeah. With the with the virus, so right. that's why he kept calling it the China virus. Right, right, right. But don't you think that we America created the Chinese monster? China when they opened China in 1972, I think with Richard Nixon, they made it a special statue nation. They had all these trillions and trillions of dollars went to China. They built China. American money invested. They made a lot of money too out of China. Don't get they still making money. That's why. Is it our addiction to Chinese uh, profits from our cooperation? Is the cause that's created this monster? Now we're saying, oh, China is going to kill us. China is going to be strong. China has all these weapons. And it's us who, who built China. We made China what it is uh, with American money because corporate greed, you know, like corporations, like a sneaker, Nike is uh, $5. You make a sneaker and you sell it here for two, $300 in the United States. They were addicted to that, that kind of profit. That harmed our national security as a country. We are we we are more uh, we built we made this monster. You agree with me on that? I agree. 
right? We built so many other monsters. Yeah. We built Osama bin Laden. We built Saddam Hussein. Yeah. yeah. We built we we've built so many other monsters. Yeah. Um, We we started with with good intentions, you know, and then uh, and then look what it leads to. You could say that uh, in nineteen in the nineteen eighties we we sold this idea to these young Arabs that uh, you're gonna go to heaven. You gotta fight that that atheist state, uh, the Soviet Union, that uh, the corrupt that hates God. And, and see, uh, you know, they had an office in Atlantic Avenue where the Masjid Al Faruq is. I was a kid. They had a recruiting office right there to go to Afghanistan for young Arabs. Here, I mean, uh, right there in the bottom where the Medina uh, is a little spice. Where they sell a lot of spices now. And what they did is they built these kids. They, they made them radicalized. They went in there. They defeated the Soviet Union. And then they left them there to their own devices. They, ha- they know how to make wars. They know how to fight. They know how to make these weapons. But they, there was no end there. They just left them there and said, okay, forget it. We, we, our job is done. Then, full circle, it hit us in New York. Because these are the same people we train. I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, same, yeah. thing, same thing in Iraq. Yeah. Iraq, Iraq was a stable country. It was a secular country. It was the most secular country in the Middle East for universities, women's rights, uh, the distribution of wealth, no sectarian uh, between the Shia and the Sunnis. The first country to give an autonomous region to the Kurds was Saddam Hussein in the seventies. That they could rule themselves, do whatever they want, as long as they are within the federal government. With the federal, you understand? And we would, what we did, we went and dismantled it. We created all this chaos uh, for profit, I guess. We created ISIS. This is us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you argue with that, right? That's what I always say. People, a lot of American, they don't understand that. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. I agree. It's a, it's it's a sad situation because um, Colin Powell passed away, I think, last month. Yeah. And uh, I posted something on one of my friend's Facebook feeds, and he deleted it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I said, uh, what I said was, um, I guess he died without ever getting to see the weapons of mass destruction that yeah, he yeah. Uh, that he pointed that he pointed at in these presentations that they showed uh, Americans that yeah. this is the garage and this is the warehouse where they store the weapons of mass destruction. Where are those weapons? Yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like. I feel like he should have spent the last few years of his life in jail, just like George, just like George Bush should spend the rest of his life in jail. Yeah, all of them. Um, yeah. That's where they need to go because um, look how many soldiers we lost. We still, lost a million Iraqis lost their lives, and they still die. Somebody's got to be held accountable for this. You can't just, you know, what are you going to do to distract us? Create ISIS? Yeah, you know, we're not I, distracted. I, we're not distracted. Uh, people were, were not held accountable for Iraq, and they should be held accountable for Iraq. Yeah, at least an apology. The most thing you can do is apologize to those people. You understand? Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was demonstrating in Washington. A lot of Americans were against the war. Don't get me wrong. We went there, and um, it was so silly. They were looking for weapons of mass destruction in, in his palaces, like he's going to hide it under his bed. I mean, and we, and we sold on that war, and they did it. Anyway, to come back here, the United States right now, we are divided as a nation. We have this thing, even the, even the, the politician, when they talk, they go, oh, blue states, red states. They, they're even pushing the, the 
how do we how do you think we work that uh, that to bring the nation together to start talking to each other i mean you understand we're talking over each other like um uh, if i'm talking to somebody from the midwest uh, oh you know look at them, they look at me how, how do we unite the, the there's not that unity we used to have before. You understand? Do, do you feel it and see it in, in the press? But sometimes I feel like we never had that unity. We just yeah. had politics lie to us so well that made us feel united, but we really weren't united. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel that way. We weren't united when Obama was president. No, uh, uh, you know what I call it? I call him the optic president. Me, you know, optic. He's always it's only about optics. How to say the right words, and that's it. Yeah. He had a kill list in his pocket. He had a list of people to kill. He killed more more people with drones than any president. He 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 deported more than three million people. He was he, he was a Republican more than he was a Democrat, really. But nobody knew. <laughs> but he he had a good speech. That's how he knew how to talk, and he sold his talk, and it was all BS for those eight years. Yeah. The, the one thing that one thing that we can unite. Yeah. Is in the community, right? That's if, what if you live in a community that has that's diverse, like yeah. the community I live in now. Yeah, and we're united as a community. Yeah, the stuff on the on the on the federal level really yeah. can't hurt us. And yeah. you know, the thing that people don't realize is that when you vote in local elections, yeah. the local elections impact you and your community more than the national elections more than the presidential elections when the president does something most of the time yeah it can take years to impact you to touch you yeah but when these elected officials local elected officials make a change it goes into effect tomorrow right right, right. you know i i, I want to ask you something on the um i want to bring you back to the to the community um our community Lately, you have seen this uh, the crime spree, or the crime spree in, the, in our community, and is affecting a lot of people. I wanted to know. Uh, I had this idea yesterday when I spoke. Can we give these people gun and permits and train them how to defend themselves in these stores instead of sitting ducks uh, targets all day for people to kill them? But the city's not issuing any more permits. Yeah, they won't give it to you. I, I know. Yeah. The only guns that are, that are allowed are the ones in the hands of the criminals. Yeah, you know why they're allowed in the hands of the criminals? Because if you get caught with a gun, yeah. you're released within a couple of hours. Uh, so what price did you pay for carrying a gun? Uh, so if you take that gun and you intend to kill someone, but yeah. never got there, yeah, and you get stopped with that gun. No yeah. one knows you you intended to kill somebody. So they'll say, hey, you just had a gun. So let's release him the the in a couple of hours. Um, uh, but if uh, if if you're a, a business owner or someone who wants to carry a gun, yeah. For example, if I apply for a gun, I'll get denied. Because uh, there's no purpose they're gonna say. Okay, so what's the purpose of the criminal having a gun? Yeah, Why can't yeah. I have a gun? So that's that's one of the biggest issues that we have right now is uh, the elected officials are full of it, and they need to be held accountable. They need to be told. Stop lying to us. Right. Don't tell us that guns are a problem. Right. Don't tell us that we need more gun laws. The right. attorney general today, New York State Attorney General, mm -hmm. Tisha James, said that we need stricter gun laws. Really? <laughs> In New York City. Yeah. 
crime on the rise, gun violence on the rise, and you're telling us we need more gun, gun control, gun laws. What are gun laws going to do? We we're that we have the strictest laws in America. Yeah. Why do we still have a gun problem? Yes. How about you give permits to these business owners, these small business owners? Yeah. And you know what? If if someone goes in and tries to pull a gun on them and they shoot that person in the face, all it's going to take is one or two people getting shot in the face and they're going to know, all right, these Bodega owners, don't mess with them. Yeah, they've yeah. got guns. Yeah, you know, I... That's I, all it's going to take because no one's going to come in for a gunfight. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, um, when I was working in stores, I had this issue. We were scared to have a gun in the store, not because uh, we're going to shoot somebody, because you could get an inspection by the city because, you know, the city or the state, once they get a little hungry, they start to do inspections on medication, if it's expired, you know, to make revenue for the state. And then you're afraid if they search, even if it's, if it's other stuff, if they find the gun and you're an immigrant first, if you only have a green card, you could get uh, deported. Second mm -hmm. of all, it hurts your chances of becoming an American citizen. So you're there, you are handicapped already, you are sitting dock all day, you open business in places where nobody's going to go in, and you're probably serving the community and the state and the city by, by bringing food and services to these areas. But uh, I, I was scared. You know, I used to have a store on Bailey Avenue in, in Tabendas. Uh, this is before I got sick and more sick. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, it was a bad, you know, they had projects, but I knew everybody. But, uh, you know, uh, 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 the, the, I'm going to be honest with you, the, cent, uh, the what do you call it, the, ja the janitor, another janitor, the super of the building, he gave me a gun. He said, oh, Omar, you know, you're staying open late. I kept on thinking about that. I swear to God. I kept on thinking, what's going to happen? I threw it in the garbage. I was so scared of the gun more than I was from the criminal. I went out, I put it in the, in the bag, and I threw it in the garbage. I said, I, I don't need that in the store because I might get inspected by the health department or something. Then end up with, with a case. You understand? And it's going to So you, you would end up, look at this. You would end up with a case, right? Yeah. Would you rather end up with a case or end up dead? This is the problem. I know, but uh, what, what do you, I mean, the, the, the reason I'm asking is that can we lobby or can we pressure, I mean, uh, the, the city? Because I know to get a gun, sometimes you have to prove that you make a lot of bank deposits. You got to show them that you carry a lot of money and things of that nature. But with all this mayhem, this killing almost six people or seven people in the last year, we could train. We could have these people go to training, how to handle their guns, how to clean them, how to use them, how to put them in a safe place. And so they have, know how to use guns. Yeah. I, they, they've lived in places where guns are illegal. So yeah. they know how to use guns. Yeah. A person like me, I don't, I don't know how to use a gun. So even if you train me, I probably, I'd probably take months of training. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I'm from Yemen. I know how to use a gun. But uh, the problem is that um, to have a gun... See, I'm not in the city. In the city, you can't even carry enough. I'm in upstate New York. I could have a, I could have a shotgun without a license or anything like that. I could, I could get it right away. But the issue with guns is it's a lot of responsibility, you know, to put in a store. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you get into a conflict in a store. Maybe in that in the in that moment of heat, you might kill somebody. You know, sometimes you understand because I worked during a bad time, the '90s. Uh, we had David Dinkin. We, we had machetes. You know the machetes? Like uh, the Crusades they used to have in the store. We used to fight every day. It was like mayhem. It was like war, you know. But now, 
the more the, the law becomes stricter, they are handicapping more the, the, the legal people, the people who are citizens, the hard work and the tax base are being handcuffed by these laws and have become like just uh, prey for the criminals. You stand there all day waiting to get shot or killed over a cigarette or over you don't want to give him a credit or things like that. You know what I'm saying? You saw that video I put on. The guy just cleaned up the whole in San Francisco. They walk yeah. in the, they walk into these stores. They close. They lock, they close like uh, what is it? Walgreens. They close a lot of stores in San. And they walk in and fill up the bag. A guy and nobody says anything. But yeah. you, do you think we can like talk to people and start a process or a conversation with the city? Uh, you know, I told I told people today when those elected officials. And their their campaign employees come to your store and they want to hang a poster up. Yeah. Ask them how they feel about you having a gun. Right, right, right. Tell them tell them this this guy that you want to hang up his picture. Yeah. How does he feel about small business owners having guns? Right. right. Is he pro guns for small businesses or no? Right. right. They say no. Say so don't hang it. They'll, they'll, they'll get the idea. That's how it, you. That's how it starts. Right, right, right. We have to do. We take the majority of the blame because we don't do our homework. Right. right. We don't hold these uh, elected officials accountable. Like today, about ten elected officials spoke. Right. They all voted for bail reform. Right. They all voted for defunding the police. Right. Yeah. Dumbest idea ever. So why would we listen to them? Right. I wanted to turn around and say you're all full of BS yeah. because you voted. This is what you wanted. You have blood on your hands. We have to remind them of that. Right. You know that every time you get an opportunity to meet with an elected official, say, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I saw your name on the list. You voted for bail reform. You got yeah. blood on your hands." Right, right, right. This, uh, this is the bail reform. That's where people just go in and out like a, yep. like a, a revolving door, right? Like a, like yep. a revolving door. They, they, what, did they release 50% of people out of Rikers Island wow. on January 1st, 2020? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So though, where are those people? Did they give them proper education or proper training or did they give them proper support so they don't go back into the system again? Right. You know, we had a case here two individuals that were going into CVS and Rite Aid, yeah. Walgreens, they would go in and they would steal, go to jail, come back out within a couple of hours, steal again. Sometimes they get arrested twice a day. Yeah, yeah. One of them was arrested 55 times, the other one 60 times. Wow. Yeah. Tell me that's not a waste of city resources when you have police officers that, you know, process them, takes hours to process you know, there they go in front of a judge. The judge releases them right away. And here we go again and again and again and again. Right. So when I tell police officers or the, the, the leadership in the in the police department, look what's going on. They say it's not in our hands. All we do is process the arrest. Right. The arrest is up to the DA and the judge. Right. So we go to the DA. The DA says, well, we, we, you know, no, first I went to the judge and the judge says, you know, the DA doesn't want to prosecute these cases, so I, I have no uh, other option. So go to the DA, the DA says, for example, for the Bronx, we're short judges. Where we have the least amount of judges of any county in New York State. So we have to pick and choose what cases we want, we have to, we can prosecute. 
in these small level crimes, uh, we, yeah, we're not going to prosecute them. Are you kidding me? You know, CVS losing a thousand dollars a day in that store yeah. because of theft is not a big deal to them. Uh, but if you go to a small business owner like a bodega and a hundred dollars worth of merchandise is stolen that day, it's going to take yeah. it on them. Yeah. You know, we're not a corporate company. We're not going to write off the losses. You know, that's, that's going to hurt us pretty bad. You know, uh, Giuliani, I know he's crazy right now, but this, you got to give him a little credit. He had a policy called the broken window policy. The idea of the broken window policy was, let's say you have two houses. If the one house, everything is okay, but the other house has a broken window, it invites somebody to go in and break into the house. You understand? So that policy was, if you punish small crimes, you're going to prevent big crimes. And it worked. Yeah. In New York City, 2,000 people used to die a year. It's like a war zone. It was down and... Two, went down to 200 people. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Right now, I don't like his politics. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe, old age happened to him. Age, yeah. But he, I mean, he cleaned up the city. We felt safe. You know what he used to do? If we, if you uh, fight, he used to take both to jail. The, you know, both in the store. He said, oh, everybody, let's go. So we don't fight again. He doesn't like children. And he cleaned yeah. the city. Uh, I was speaking to a Yemeni brother yesterday. When he saw when I told him to go out there to to, to attend the funeral, and he called me, he said, "All oh, those days we missed." I said, "Giuliani." I said, "But he went crazy." He said, "But I know, but we felt safe when he was a." Uh, it is, yeah, you understand. So yeah. these small crimes prevent big crimes because uh, uh, they move on. It's like they graduate to something more as they go on. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now we were speaking the other day. You told me that. Uh, the Yemeni uh, uh, population make ten percent of the the five borough. Or is that right? The Muslim, the Muslim population. We're about one million in New York City. Wow. Okay. We, we make we make a little over ten percent of the population. Right, right. And at the end of the day, only ten percent of the population really votes. Right, right. So, us as Muslims alone can elect whoever we want in New York City. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, how do you introduce this culture uh, of civic duty? Like, how do you convince the Yemenis that if you register, because they get the citizenship and they put it in a bank, in a box, and they go to sleep, that if you register to vote, that you're going to change your life too. You're going to improve your livelihood, your businesses, you're going to be less regulation on your businesses, and things of that nature. How do you tell, how do you convince these tribes? I call them tribes, the Yemeni, because they're all different parts of the state. You know, I'm so surprised you got them together to go to these places. How do you sell them the thing, an idea of a franchise, that voting is a franchise, that if you attain it, that you can make a lot of changes in your life in this city that you live in? Can you sell that to them? You know how I sell it to them? When, you know, we're very good at talking. We're very good on Facebook. Yeah. And when I debate someone, I first ask them, are you registered to vote? Right. If they're not registering to vote, my discussion with them will not continue. Right. <clears throat> If they haven't voted, if they're registered to vote and they don't vote, yeah, I don't continue the discussion. Right. So when you make people feel that way, right. and you give people a reason to vote, I register. We registered here at the Bronx Muslim Center over two thousand people when Trump wow. was running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Trump gave them a reason to vote. Right, right. Right scared. now, right now, our kids are dying. Our brothers are dying. Our fathers are dying. Right. This is a reason for us to go out and vote. Okay, so 
Uh, first, I want to congratulate you. You just uh, founded a new uh, uh, center, a business center. I think it's called AYAB, the Yemeni American Business uh, Association, is it, or something like that? Or uh, the American Alliance, the Alliance of Yemeni American Businesses. Okay. Uh, it's a good, it's a beautiful idea to have these organizations because we never had any before. Can you work through that organization, like to have civic classes, or to have people come in and apply for citizenship, help them apply free? You know, it's, it takes a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Online. We're not focused on that. Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Yama does a great job with that. They do that. Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. I said. Yeah, we're we're going to be membership based. Right. Where we're focusing on just a few items, yeah. you know, when you narrow down your focus, yeah, you're going to achieve more because right. you're putting more energy right. into a couple of items. Yes. Versus spreading yourself out thin yeah. and not knowing what you really want to do or what you're really after. Right. You know, we're focused on the safety of uh, business owners. Right, right. So we will have an attorney, you know, come on uh, Facebook Live and we'll have an interview with him. Right, and this right. attorney will be, uh, you know, able to help small business owners apply for, for gun permits. Yes. Right. And we will provide his information to everybody. Right. And I wish we have 5,000 small business owners. Right. I hope that 50 of them apply for guns, right. for gun permits. Right. And if any of them get denied, not any of them, if the majority of them get denied, right. we will take it to the elected officials. Right. We'll say, why? Right. Yeah. why? Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe you don't need a permit. Right, Just right, be right. like a criminal. These days, everybody's, so what's, what's the, what's the problem? Yeah. Right? If you save your life, it's one year in jail. <laughs> I yeah. guess. Would you rather die or, right, right, right. Or, or go to jail for, for defending yourself? Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that's what it's coming down to because um, these criminals don't care, right? And, and they they've been told that they you know you won't get punished. Yeah, yes, yeah, so especially lately, yeah, with this with yeah. this idiotic behavior of defund the police. The police are evil. This stop. No, 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 no. You have issue with the law enforcement. You have to train them better. Yeah. If uh, if there's a hundred, maybe one is stupid or bad or doesn't do his job right. So, but you cannot alienate your your protector because yeah. without the police, yeah, without laws and enforcement, you have no country, you have no city, you have no 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 neighborhood without these uh, officers or law enforcement. That's why I'm against that defunding bullshit. Or, excuse my language and all that stuff. Because I, I believe that uh, a good relationship with uh, law enforcement is good to the neighborhood. Like what's going on right now, I think some of the police officers. Kind of laid back a little bit. They're like, okay, they want to make us look like villains. Let's see how they're going to, you know, this is my thinking. I'm yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, they, they, they don't want to give up. Let's see how they're going to handle it. We're not going to, we're not going to enforce all the laws. Like in San Francisco, they don't, they don't want to enforce these uh, shoplifting. Let's see yeah. how this is. You think that's it? That's what it is, right? Yeah, we're heading in the same direction in New York and we got to stop it. We got to reverse course. Okay. Like, so. okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to come to the end in there. Now, Yama is the Yemeni American, I think, association, right? Uh, and I've been following, they do a lot of good work, like you said, like uh, civil work, like uh, classes and teaching. I want to ask you a important question. Can we, can, uh, we need these organizations to work hand in hand with each other. That's what's, that's, that's what's the, uh, uh, 
you guys are going want to do right like the organization yeah. not, to be, not to be competing with each other but to work to to, to better each other and better yeah. the goal for everybody because if Ayab succeed I succeed if Yama succeed we all succeed you understand because yeah. you are you are bringing us to a new level of civic thinking of how we could use our people how could bring them together and let the let the uh, political leaders say yo listen we have a base here You know, Look you at it this to, way. Yeah. We're better together. Right. Okay. Now, when we can't get along, yeah. um, it doesn't mean we have to try to take down one another. Right. We have 5,000 small business owners. Mm. Um, honestly, two organizations is not enough to yeah. represent 5,000 merchants. Yeah, yeah. We really need like 10. <laughs> right. Um, And we're not competing with them because we're going to be membership-based. Right, right, right. If you sign up and become a member, yeah, you, we'll you, represent you. You're part of us. You're right, part right. of our alliance. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. If I you're know. not, then yeah. we won't speak on your behalf. Right, right, right. We'll only speak on the behalf of our membership. It's, It's membership-based. Well, it's pay due. They pay a due? Uh, it's, stuff. it's free. The, the, oh. Yeah, right now it's free to sign up. Okay, how do you get your funding to pay the bills and all that stuff like that? We have uh, we're getting it through donors, uh, from the community, right? Community donations, yes. And when yeah. people see good, they want to give into it. They want to be yeah. part of it. Uh, so that's yeah. one. And look at it this way. So what if we compete? I'm not saying encouraging it, and I'm not saying we're competing. Yeah. But when people when 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 you have um when you have let's say Walmart. And target compete against each other. Who benefits? Yeah, the consumer. Consumer. If we compete against each other, who who benefits? And yeah, the citizen. The who can provide the most amount of benefits? Right, right. That's what our community wants, and our community is uh, they don't want to be ruled by anybody. Right, right. They want to be free. Right. Don't tell don't don't tell me you're my boss. I'm my own boss. Right, right, right. Tell me what you can do for me. Right, right, right. Without the BS. Right, right, right. And whoever offers them more right. will win them over. Yeah. We're, uh, not competing. We're not competing for membership. Right, have, right. Have you heard me? Have you heard me? It's been a week since we opened up. Have you yeah. ever heard me say, become a member? Leave Yama. It, it, it doesn't matter. You become uh -huh. a member. You, you, we, 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 our, goal, our goal is to get 500 members. If we get 500 members and we provide them with the benefits that we've promised them, that's a success. That's what we want. That's our goal. Not only that, me as a, as a Yemeni citizen, I could benefit from both. Because, exactly. uh, because yeah. they, they offer different services. If you uh, are an officer, there, I could, you could be a member of both. It doesn't matter because, yeah. like you said, the, the, end, the end game is to provide quality service for the community. That is the end game of these organizations, I guess, right or wrong? That's oh. correct. And look at it this way. Our politics, yeah, differ, are, are, are different. Uh, people people um, have been saying, well, you're going to be part of an organization. Yeah, the leader of that organization, the, he voted for Trump. So what? Uh, okay. Um, you know, our goal is to partner with the police department right. to strengthen them right. so they can protect us. That's right. the ultimate goal. Right. Other organizations actually went out with BLM and protested and wanted to defund the police. Right. We're not going to do that. No, no. 
well, you know, if if we're gonna we're 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 going to hold the NYPD accountable for their actions, we're going to advocate for more training for them. Right. And we will um, be for justice. Right. And that's perfect. And work with them. Yeah, is, that's uh, correct. You know, I mean, without, like I said, without any law enforcement, without any laws, you don't have a country, you don't have right. a state. You know, it's like children. If the father's not home, nobody, they're going to stop fighting all day. You understand? Nobody's there. Okay, I want to get more to social programs. I, uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to let you go, though, in the next uh, four minutes. <laughs> okay, just, just one more question and I'll go. What what, what organization are serving our children, like uh, uh, bringing them together for social programs and things like that, or uh, organizing them as soccer teams or, or leagues? I know you got to go. You know what I'm saying? Why we, 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 we got a couple of good programs. The Bronx Muslim Center. Yeah. Um, we have about 10,000 members, really, yeah. in, in the little Yemen area. Uh, and we have uh, programs on Friday nights for the kids to come and, and, uh, and you know, hang out in a good, positive environment. Okay. Uh, we continuously have programs for them. There's also the Yemeni Soccer Club, which is okay. right next door to the Bronx Muslim Center. Oh, okay. Um, so those are just two programs. We just started after-school tutoring as part of the Bronx Muslim Center. Yeah. Um, the, the, we need to start investing in our youth more. Yeah. Yes. The new Bronx Muslim Center that we're building, that we started this project in 2013, when it finally opens up, yes, it's going to have a really like a community center. Right. It's going to be a community center. It's going to be a mosque. And it's going to be a school. It's going to be three in one. That's okay. gonna that's gonna take the kids off the street and bring them inside inside into a learning positive environment. Okay, Captain, I know you gotta go. I appreciate it for making time for me. Is there a statement you want to make before you go? Or anything to close in the the, the the interview? Yeah, I'll say this. I'll say this. There are um people in our in our community who support building a foundation for our community there are those that just are on standby they don't support you they don't take you all critics (laughs) yeah they don't criticize you but they don't say anything positive and then there are those who are full of negativity right the unfortunate part is those that are full of negativity their voice um is louder right, right, right. because yeah. negativity for some reason just stands out a lot more yeah you know right. what i mean if you, if you just post a, a video on on facebook of two customer and a bodega owner yeah. uh, hugging each other and saying hi and taking pictures right. together doesn't mean anything right, right. if you post the video of the customer punching the bodega owner in the face yeah. that's going to go viral right, right, right. so people yeah. lean more towards negativity the only thing I have, the message that I have for, for my community is I beg you to look into the positive and remain positive okay. and leave the negativity alone. Leave it on. Okay. If we team up together, leave the negativity alone, we will elevate ourselves into something bigger and better. Okay, Captain. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for coming. And I'm proud of you and of your accomplishment. And I'm proud of the other Yemenis who have become police officers, who have become successful here. You are making us proud as uh, as fathers, and 
that you are taking advantage of opportunities that we had, but we didn't know how to gain them at that time because we don't know what the, how to work the system. Anyway, I appreciate you, uh, and God bless, I guess. Right? And have a good night. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for, for your time. Thank you for having me on, and I appreciate your continued support. Really do. And I'm here. You know, we're going to exchange phone numbers. Anytime you need me, you know, uh, I'm not, I will help in any way I can. Okay? All right. You got it. All right. Uh, have Thank a good you. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Okay. God bless you, Master. Take care.